We've talked about this whole series, this thing of change your world. And uh, we've been talking about the power of uh, faith, the difference that can make in your life, the power of forgiveness. We did that on Easter Sunday. And the difference that can make in your life, power of money, whether you're owned or, or whether you own your possessions. We talked about that last week. If you weren't here, um, I don't want you to think we made some big appeal. We just tried to inform what the Bible teaches about this thing and of uh, money. You know, and today's not a lot different. Because the money, because both are, you know, we don't really, have, I mentioned this last, we don't have, our money's not ours. We think it is, it's not ours, it's God's. And he gives it to us to, to use as best we can. And same thing with time. We, you know, we don't know how long we have, how, many, how, many, how much time we have. That's God's deal. And it's our job, it's our responsibility to do the best with what we have. So that's, what, that's where it is. And so it's the same type of thing. And I got this quote that I want you to see. And it comes from, uh, I don't know whether you like this guy or not, whether you do or not, just listen to what he says. Tony Robbins uh, says this, Once you have mastered time, you will understand how true it is that most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. I thought that was really good. That was a really good point. Because so many times we do that. And what I want you to... I, I can speak, I think, to this particular subject with, with uh, a, a, some degree of authority, just because of age. And you know, and you, and you stop and you and you and you look at, at how time flies, and you look at your kids, and you start going through all those kinds of issues, and think about that. I mean, it's it's scary sometimes. I've been through this twice now. Uh, with our, we have two kids, um, adults, both married, and we. And marrying off your kids, if that's the right term, um, it's a southern term, I guess, uh, um, when you see your kids married. Uh, and you go through this, and I've done this also with, with, with friends that I've known for a long time, where you know they do, the, lots of times now we do the video thing at the, either, the re- either at the rehearsal dinner or sometimes at the reception, sometimes in the wedding, but usually it's one or the other, when they go through like the different, different stages of life and you always have some embarrassing picture of your kid, you know, and, and you're naked when they're a baby or something, and then you, you um, show them, you know, as they just go up through the stages of life, and sometimes those little videos are five minutes, sometimes they're ten minutes. But in each case, and I mentioned this before, I think, in each case, you, you, you watch this thing, and you're sitting here, you know, maybe it's ten minutes long at the most. In each case, you look at this thing and you think, it seems like it was about that long ago. That it just went, choom, just like that. So when we talk about this thing of, of time, um, we've got to really think. We've got to really think. And, and it's something that, that we, we, just, we have to address with some honesty and with some degree of, of understanding that, you know, maybe I need to change some things. Maybe I need to change some attitudes, if nothing else. Don't attitudes make up everything, actually? Um, so bear with me on this. Hang in there with me. Let's look at some things. First, what I want to do is begin by showing you just some very basic biblical teaching. I have a number of reasons why I want to do that. Um, one of them being... One of the things that I hear, maybe you, I've probably said it, maybe you have, well, the, year, the, the culture that we live in is so busy, okay? It's just so busy, and, and, and that's changed. You know, it, it's not, it didn't used to be like that. Well, let's watch this, okay? Just watch this in the, in the Scripture. This, this first one was written about 500 years or so before Jesus came, okay, in the Old Testament. 
Psalms, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. David wrote that. It's such a great prayer. Teach us to number our days, God, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Now, let me show you another one in Psalms. Uh, Psalm 103. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows. We're gone as though we had never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever for those who fear Him. And our days are like grass. Boom, it goes by. It's busy. Again, 500 circa years before Christ. You know, before emails and cell phones and, and electronic stuff. What were they busy doing? Oh, surviving, you know, just living, just trying to, you know, got to get the crops in, got to take care of the animals, kind of an agrarian society as, as they were. Um, you know, and, and just, you know, the time fills up. It's not a new issue, folks. We can paint it a different way, and we can, you know, it's different here, different here. But when it comes to the core issue is the same issue. It's not, it's not a New York area issue alone. It's a life issue. We talk about this whole time crunch and so forth. Let me show you what James says, New Testament now. James says this, How do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. Boom. It's gone. Wow, you say, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff. Here's what I want to do. Those are just some verses. I want you to see what the Bible teaches. And I, I want to I bring up this subject. I'm going to use a term. Maybe you've heard this, uh, this term or this uh, phrase before. Um, maybe you haven't. I'm going to bring up this phrase called the tyranny of the urgent. And it's an important phrase. Um, it really came from a classic book, a little booklet actually, written by a guy named Charles, by, by the name of Charles Hummel. Uh, it was first published in 1967. And uh, it was a revolutionary then, we're told. And uh, I remember 1967, but we won't go there. Um, remember well, actually. Um, anyway, you don't want to hear all those. Uh, I was a junior in high school, if you're wondering. Okay. Some of you guys are juniors in high school. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was kind of a tumultuous time. Anyway, Hummel wrote this book, and his purpose was to show that this was really, this time management thing was a biblical concept. And it is. And sometimes we miss that. It was, it's a biblical concept. And many books, uh, the, the, the experts say, have been based upon this book since then. Maybe you've heard of The Time Trap, McKinsey. Maybe you've heard of uh, Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. A lot of those, a lot of those, a lot of that teaching, I should say, was based on some of the things that Hummel wrote. And he wrote two books. And by the way, I have all that information for you. It'll be on the website, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Just, uh, it's the, it, where you can get these books, how you can get them and so forth. The ones, particularly the ones that I'm speaking of, the, the Tyranny of the Urgent and the second one, which is really the only one you really need, which is called Free Freedom from the tyranny of the urgent. So we'll have that all for you there, uh, where you can get the book and read it. Some some good stuff. But let me real quick. Let me show you. Let me show you. Just there were basic four basic steps to Hummel's premise on the tyranny of the urgent. Four basic steps. One was decide what's important. Discover how one's time is now being spent. Budget the hours and follow through. Real simple. Decide what's important. Discover how one's time is now being spent. Budget the hours and then follow through. That was his basic premise based on some of those verses that I just read, okay, that we just saw together. So here's what I want to do. 
And by the way, before I tell you that, I broke down the whole term tyranny of the urgent. Just did just a little simple look up definitions, which is always kind of fun and interesting. And uh, tyranny, dictionary definition, oppressive power, condition imposed by some outside agency or force. Oppressive power, condition imposed by some. So, so it's something outside, but it's oppressive. And then urgent means calling for immediate attention, right? Pressing. So here's some outside power that's, 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 that's oppressive, that's calling for immediate attention. You ever heard that happen? <laughs> maybe in the form of a phone call, maybe in the form of an email, maybe in the form of something at work or whatever. Here's what I want to do now. I want, I want to give you some thoughts and some, some uh, just some bullets, for lack of a better term, but they're going to be in the form of questions to, to get you to think. Because my goal it really is twofold here on this thing. One is just to get you to think about this and to get you to discuss this and to get you maybe to just to just to move a little bit from where you, from where you were. And the other part of this of my goal is to is to get you connected. Maybe not maybe just to get you connected in your relationship with God. Only you can do that. I can't do it for you, or I would to get you to get you to think about your relationship with God and how it all relates to this thing of time. Clocks, as it were. Let me just tell you this. The tyranny of the urgent lies, lies to us because it, it distorts priorities. Um, it, 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 one of the measures of a manager, one of the measures of a manager, whether we're talking about in business, whether we're talking about in home, or whether we're talking about in life, one of the measures of a manager is the ability to distinguish between the important and the urgent. And the tyranny of the urgent lies to us about those priorities. So that's why I want you to stop and, and think through some of these things. Now, now here's a, two, two words of caution on this thing. I'm going to get, go through about, as like I said, six or seven things real quick to get you to think on this. But here's, here's a couple of, couple of disclaimers. Number one, um, this is not a formula. If you do everything exactly how I'm going to state it in just a minute, doesn't mean you got, you got this thing whipped, okay? And that's one thing I want you to see because there are no formulas. You know that. The second thing is, and I said this already, but I want to say it again to make sure, <laughs> just because I'm teaching it and proclaiming it and speaking about it doesn't mean that I got this thing knocked, okay? Sometimes I do, but sometimes I don't, okay? So we need to understand that. And I tell you that, not just to self-confess here, but I tell you that because it's a challenge, and it's a challenge for all of us. And it's not just a matter of whether you have kids at home. I've been through that stage. I've been through that season of life. My kids are now grown. One of them has kids, okay? Which is great, by the way. That whole, that whole old saying, you know, skip the kids and just have the grandkids. I, I could go for that. But anyway, um, it's not just a season of life. Every season of life presents its own challenges. And you need to stop and you need to think about that. So here you go. Now, now one more thing. Get you going here, and then I stop. One more thing. Some of these things that I'm going to tell you, you're going to listen to, and then you're going to say, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I, you know, Rich, you don't understand my schedule. Here's what I want you to think, and I'm going to say this two or three times, all right? There's this great saying. Actually, I got this, I got this quote from my, uh, from my son-in-law. He, he is, um, he's a teacher at, uh, at the middle school here, and he, I'm helping him coach this. I'm, helping, I'm the assistant, one of the assistants. John Brocious, who's our student ministries director, he and I are the assistant coaches for Coach Walsh. See here? Ike, are you here? I don't see him. I can't see. Anyway, um, he, um, we're the assistant coaches. So my son-in-law 
is like, oh, okay, go get this, go get this. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm the assistant coach. I got to do what he says, you know? So we're doing that. And, and it's, kinda, it's been kind of fun. I mean, it's, it's just been really interesting. But he has this quote that he uses from Teddy Roosevelt that he talks, it's a middle school, it's a middle school elite baseball team and uh, here in, 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 uh, in Summit. And, and so he uses this quote, and I really like it. It's from Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt said this, do what you can where you are with what you have. Do what you can where you are with what you have. So when I'm bringing up a principle here in a minute, or a question, and you say, well, I can't do, I can't do that. Okay, do what you can, where you are, with what you have. I, I can't, you know, I or, or, or no one else can solve your particular unique set of issues. And I'm going to encourage you to talk to God about it, to talk to your mate, maybe close friend or two, to try to work through some of these things. And it's not going to work just the way for this person as it does for the person beside you. You do what you can where you are with what you have. Teddy Roosevelt. Okay? Here we go. Two or three things. First thing is this. Actually, more than two or three things. Do you have two or three most important goals in your life for the next six months or for the next year? Two or three most important goals in your life for the next six months to a year. Let me step in here just for a moment, interrupt myself. I do that all the time. That doesn't mean necessarily, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds. I've had that goal for a lot of years, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that goal, and it's still going to be one of my goals. But let's go beyond that. Let's go internal. And I, I have some, I'll, I'll share one with you. I'm not going to, I'll just share one with you from me, and some of you may know this about me. One of my goals this, this, that's been going on for the last few months, I've had people help me, including my wife, who's helped me with this for 35 years, is I have this problem sometimes that I'm kind of a smart aleck, okay? Some people say other things, but I'll say smart aleck. And I'll pop off, and you know, I'm one of those guys that, you know, open mouth, you know, then engage brain, you know, and, and kind of sometimes, sometimes it's minutes later, several minutes, sometimes it's hours later. Anyway, so one of the things that I, one of my goals is not to be such a smart aleck, okay? Okay? So, well, that's one of my goals. I said aleck, okay? Um, that's one of my goals. Why? Because it's not a very, you know, and, and my wife's been, you know, you know, it's a simple little thing. It's not that bad. Listen to me. It's not that bad. <laughs> I mean, it's little things like, oh, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You know? Well, what kind of idiot came up with that idea? You know? It's dismissive. It's devaluing. It puts people down. It does all those things, and it can hurt people. So one of the things that... Would you quit laughing? I'm, you know, um, one of the things that, that, uh, that... That's one of my goals, is to get a little better hand. I'm asking God to help me with that. I'm asking friends to help me with that. You know, it's, it's an issue. By the way, somebody after the uh, 9.30 service stopped me. and I've, I've been getting downstairs and, and, and out front quickly so I can talk to people because those people in the back row always leave before I can get out. So I've been catching them. And, and a lady stopped, I just met with a lady. She, she says, I want to tell you something. And, and somebody was just visiting. And I said, what? And she said, I understand about that smart aleck thing. And she said, I tell you what I think it is. She said, because I share that gift, I think it's just a higher form of intelligence. And <laughs> I said, I like that. <laughs> I said, I don't think that's going to fly, though. You know, um, we would like to think that. 
I don't know what your deal is. Maybe you're not there. Maybe you, maybe yours is that you become a doormat, you know, too much. Maybe yours is that you become this or you become... My point is this. You need to stop and you need to think about that. Maybe it's something you need to develop. Maybe it's a habit that's destructive that you need to overcome. But you need some alone time to think through that. And I'm going to tell you this, to even pray about that. You say, well, I'm too busy. I don't have alone time. You can find alone time. Be creative with that. I'm not going to tell you you've got to go take a one or two or three day silent retreat in a monastery somewhere. I've done that. And if you can do that, that's terrific. Okay, it's been a while since I've done that. But it's a great thing to do. Most of us can't do that. But what can I do? I don't know. When you jog, maybe leave the iPod at home. You know, maybe you don't just bombard yourself with, with media so you can just think a little bit. And I, listen, I have an iPod and it's cool and I love it and I love music. I got some great, great tunes on there. I listen to it a lot of different times and sometimes I'll do it when I'm walking. I walk. I'm a walker and I try to jog, but I end up walking more than I would jog. And, um, I can think, and the reason is because I can think better, and I can pray, and I can think about some of you, faces come to my mind, and I'm like, God, I don't know where they are, help them right now, wherever they're going through. And it just really helps me to, to think like that. That's some of my alone time. Why, do I, do I have some other alone? I try to carve out times for myself, and shoot, you know, I'm a minister, I get paid to pray. I should be able to do more than what I do. But, uh, but because the schedule is, you ever think about that? We get paid to pray. Isn't that great? And we still don't pray enough. But anyway, um, Whatever your thing is, and you know, maybe it's on an airplane, and you stop and you just maybe get, you know, you know, don't talk to the person beside you again. Maybe you get on a, maybe if you're on a, maybe you get a quiet, you don't have this in New Jersey Transit. We had, we had, I used to commute quite a bit from D.C. up to here, and on Amtrak you had uh, quiet cars. And every now and then I'd get in the quiet car, and I always called my friends, I'm on the quiet car. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing on the quiet car? <laughs> That's the last place you belong. But... But, you know, it's one of those things. You can't do that necessarily in New Jersey Transit, but maybe you can find a way to, to do something. Do what you can, you know. <laughs> do what you can, where you are, with what you have. Be creative in that thing. But you need to think through important goals in your life. And that isn't going to be the same every six months or every year or so. Okay, Think through that. Talk to God about it. You'd be surprised what might come to your mind. I'm not going to tell you that God's necessarily going to speak to you through a voice. I've never heard a voice from God. But things have come to my conscience and come to my mind. That's not good. That needs to change. Or this, this is, you need to work in this thing. All right. My second, my second one really has to do with that first one. That is, do you ever reorder your priorities? And sometimes you have to do that. Just to reorder your priorities. You know, it's, it's the same idea. This is where you might even want to write them down. Now, that sounds silly, but I mean, write them down, maybe in the form of a journal, you know, and, and you know, you know, and some of us do a journal on, on, a, on a computer, that's fine, you know, maybe in the form of a journal, and just write some things down, because I'll tell you what happens, it, had, it just happened to me, sometimes you look back on some of that stuff years later, and you think, wow, I can't believe I really struggled with that at that time, because right now, I'm doing pretty well with it, sometimes that'll happen, other times you look back, and you'll say, ooh, I was struggling with this 10 years ago, I really need to get some progress here, you know, God help me. Help me to do better in this area. Strengthen me. God, you know, God loves those kind of prayers. He does. Um, you ever thought about the prayer? The third one. You ever thought about the parallels between the use of time and the use of money between spending hours and spending dollars? 
already touched on that just a hair, but I mean, they're both commodities. There's one difference. I've known a lot of people in this room. I've known, not a lot, I've known some in this room. I've known a lot of people in my life who've lost all their money. Again, got it back again. Went to work, different job, different thing, different deal, whatever, and they got it back again. Some people like that here. You know the difference. You know what's coming, don't you? You don't get your time back again. You don't get that back. You lose those years, they're gone. You got to make the best of what you got. Think about the time you spend as money. You're spending commodities, basically. A precious commodity that, that you can't have back. And sometimes you look back on those things, and, and I'm real fortunate because I have, I have a wife who's, who's kept me aware of, of, of some of these areas with our kids. But even, even, even with that, even, and I, I was pretty good about you know, making, you know, when my deal used to be with my kids, I'd come to your sports games, you come to church, that's it, okay? Never had much of an argument about that, really. And uh, not saying they always wanted to be there, but they were there. And, and, and for the most part, I did it. But I still look back on some of the things that I, that I missed for whatever reason. I'm thinking, well, why did I miss that? You know, that's one of the things on this side of life that you can, you can see. Think through that, guys and ladies. Think through that. Think through that. Because once it's gone, it's gone. And, that, and that's part of the thing there. So they're both limited commodities. Another one. Here we go. Fourth one. Think about this. Are my relationships predominantly relationships of convenience? So what's a relationship of convenience? We all have them. There's nothing wrong with them. It's, we become friends, for instance, with our kids' parents on the kids that are on our, sports, our kids' sports teams, as an example, or in school, in their class. We become friends with them. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. It's going to happen. It's part of life. However, if those are the only relationships we ever have, there might, that, that might leave us a little empty because what we need in our life or what we need to have or get or keep, depending on your situation, are those relationships where we can build in to each other over the long haul. I don't know who that might be for you. And, and you know, and, and you look, well, maybe, maybe somebody like that will come out of, you know, some other friends that I met that were parents of a kid that played with my kid. Or, or the, you know, and that may happen. That's great. But many times, you know, when your when you're, when you're student or your athlete or whatever leaves that that school or that team, you know, your set of friends changes because that's just natural. And, and that's okay, but we need a few people in our lives that know us and know us well and that can speak truth to us. You say, okay, I, I understand your point there, Rich. I've blown it. I'm 10 years, I'm 20 years, I'm 30 years out of college, and the friends I have are just the friends that, you know, that I know now. Well, start now. Start now. Do what you can where you are with what you have. Start now. You say, well, I'm, you know, I'm 40 or I'm... Start now. No, don't sit there and just moan about, oh, gosh, look what I've missed. Start where you are. Start where you are. You need people. That could be very many. We're talking, we're talking, you know, less than you can count on one hand. And you may have to have all your fingers. I mean, you know, we're talking just a few people. And if you have more than that, God bless you and you've been blessed well. But think through that. Long haul of building into one another's lives. Another thing, do you recognize a basic satisfaction, a sense of achievement that you gain in certain tasks that you really enjoy? And does that happen enough? Now think through that. Is there a sense at the end of the day, and I'm going to explain day in just a moment, at the end of the day, is there a sense of, 
boy, this is, this is what God made me to do. This is great. Not every day. I say it's at the end of the day. Maybe it's at the end of the week. Maybe it's at the end of the month. Maybe it's three or four times a year. That's terrific. You know, and maybe for some of you, I know you pull deals together and, and, and you think, man, you know, I got this deal and then finally at the end of that deal, whew, I feel pretty good about that. I feel a sense of accomplishment. That's great. Now I got to start on another one. And there, and there may be only two or three of those a day. Here's my point. If there's not some sense of achievement, some sense of, of, of basic fulfillment or satisfaction in what you do, you might need to do something different. That's a pretty difficult way to spend your life. And trust me on this, because I've seen people who've lived their life like that without that fulfillment, without that basic accomplishment, even though it may be periodic, who haven't had that, and they grow to be old and bitter and miserable. You don't want that. You don't want that. You've seen it too. Think through that one. To what extent, just two more, to what extent are you living in the past or in the future? To what extent are you living in the past or in the future? You know, and, and, and this, I understand we need to plan, we need to have strategic thinking, we need all those kinds of things, but the Bible's really clear about this. I mean, Jesus talks about this and, and, and has the great, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. He talked about that, hey, you know what? Uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. The point is this, the past and the future can rob you of the present. Don't let it do that. Doesn't mean you shouldn't plan, I'm not saying that. But don't let it rob you of the present. It's an important issue. Live, live you know, as, as someone said, live in, live in today. Live in today. And that brings me to this last thing, that do you feel the passage of time to be more of a tyrant or a friend? You get through that day and you're like, oh man, there's another just crazy day, another week, another, another month, another year, just blew by, I don't know what even happened. Or do you get by and say, you know what, it's been great. There have been some mistakes, there are some regrets, but it's all been a part of making me who I am. There have been some victories as well, and, 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 and time, has been, time has been good to me. Over the years, that will show. That will show on your countenance, let alone internally. Is, is, is the passage of time more of a tyrant or more of a friend? Think through that one. Let me just, I just want to close with this thing. This is an important issue, and I need to stop here. But, and this comes back to our relationship with God. I want to tell you this. I don't think you can really, really comprehend this without an understanding of basic relationship with God Almighty. Because, you know, you can't imagine how much God cares for you and how much God loves you, how much God wants you to have fulfillment and purpose, and meaning. It's why He created us. And He created us all differently. And we need to understand that. But one of the things that I want you... This is just an... Have you ever considered maybe praying some of the prayers in Scripture? In the Bible. Luther, Martin Luther, the great reformer, used to, used to pray a psalm... Pray, you know what I'm saying? This sounds weird. He used to pray a psalm every day. And he would go to the Psalms and he would just make that his prayer with meaning and with, with understanding of what was there. But he'd make that his prayer. It's kind of cool. And I'm going to show you how to do that right now because this is a Psalm that maybe you could pray and make it your prayer. Maybe make it, you know, maybe make it your doxology or maybe make it the conclusion of your prayer every time you pray or many times when you pray. I don't know. 
Um, but it's from Psalm. Again, David wrote this. David wrote this, as I said, 500, circa 500 years before Jesus was born. So we're talking about a long time ago. But look, what, look, how, look at this prayer that David prays, that we can pray. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is, this is, my life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows. All our busy rushing ends in nothing. Ooh, watch this. We reap, we, excuse me, we heap up wealth for someone else to spend. Boy, have I heard that more than once. We heap up wealth for someone else to spend. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered. That's a prayer, folks. God, remind me of this. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came and lived and suffered, died, and rose again. To give us the ability to come to God. To give us the ability to have a relationship with God Almighty. So that we could have some degree of understanding of what it means to have purpose and meaning. And, and some fulfillment in our lives. Because we're, we're, we're created in the image of God. And as we are reconnected or, or restored to that relationship that we all have the need for, that God-shaped vacuum in our heart, as we are restored to that relationship with God Almighty through Jesus, we can have a better understanding of what life is. We have a better understanding of, hey, this is, this is what God made me. And whether I'm in this kind of work or that kind of work or whatever kind of work, I can, I can be what God made me to be here, wherever that happens to be. That's, what, that's, what it, that's, that's one, just one, one of the many advantages of what it means to have a relationship with Christ in our lives. The Bible talks about that. Listen, you do the best you can with this. You know, you do the best you can with this. You, you do what you can with what you have with where you are right now. You know, that's what you do. Ask God. You know, if nothing comes out of this more than you just maybe spending a few minutes alone talking to God, God, help me to have a little better understanding about all this. Help me to think through this. Put people in my life, maybe they're already here, that can help me kind of put this, put, put flesh on this, and live this out the way that you desire. And then, then, then if, if, if that happens, I'll feel... This is, you know, that will be a success. So let's pray right now. I just ask God to, to give us a heart of understanding on these areas. Lord, remind us again how brief our time on earth will be. Remind us that our days are numbered and our life is fleeing away and that, God, we would seek to make it purposeful with meaning and with some fulfillment as well. We thank you that we can know some degree of that in a relationship with our Creator, with you, our God, made possible with, by Jesus, our Savior. We thank you for that, and I pray that each one of us would think through just that basic concept right there as we, as we leave, as we think about that, that, that what is our relationship with our Creator, with our God-like, and what... For some of us, it's going to be a beginning. 
God, for some of us, it's, it's reestablishing of that, and for some of us, it's continuing. Wherever we are, we pray for your wisdom and your guidance and your strength and power to make that happen. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.